0: mysterious
1: all-powerful
0: character a problem to the police but a crusade of law hello everybody and welcome to Elseworlds Exchange or at least oh. that's <laughs>
1: what we're playing oh. with oh we have a name now this this show isn't just random thing with Joel and Sally yeah. actually has a name now I,
0: I've been playing with the idea of calling it just the live show but like I feel like it's too generic we can
1: do better than the live it's show it's true we're, and we're we too did. creative, dudes.
0: We racked our brains over names. Joel gave me a great list. Uh, not all of them were taken by other lesser podcasts, <laughs> and I was like, "How about we just combine them? We'll take, we'll do what every great sitcom does, and just take two ideas that you were gonna do, and then just slap them together and try something out with it." Um, so we're trying the Elseworlds Exchange. Uh, I like it because it plays with the idea of like different universes, like the universe of Cape Joel and Comic Pop coming together. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an exchange of ideas and uh, the, uh, the word exchange also means conversation. So Works on a lot
1: of levels.
0: Yes, I like the idea of a show that works on multiple levels, or at least a name that works on multiple levels. Um, so today's topic if you can call it that is web comics i mm. uh i like the idea of us just kind of grabbing like a generic like one word topic and then just kind of like going off on it seeing where where it leads us
1: back up uh, back when i used to listen to league of extremely ordinary gentlemen which was one of my favorite podcasts back in the day that's very much what they did too sadly all those episodes are gone now to time in the internet and ah. i actually tried to I actually tried to hunt some of those down and be like, "Ooh, what was their topic?" So I can totally wholesale steal topics.
0: <laughs> you should just reach out to the guys who did it and be like, "Hey, man, what's the? Where could I get your shows?"
1: Part ah, they've all moved on to other stuff now. Oh huh? yeah, but
0: you That's, know they got copies. It's true. Yeah, you know they got the MP the MP3s
1: out there not. somewhere.
0: Exactly, uh, but yeah, today we're talking about web comics. We talked about um, Star Star Wars and Sci-Fi 90s cartoons, video stores, and now we're doing web comics, and the reason why I thought we'd talk about web comics is because, uh, just selfishly, I've had some experience with web comics. I know a lot about it. Uh, Joel, however, has had zero experience, at least before when we were talking yeah, about n- it.
1: Not a heck of a lot. Like I mean, there was like two that I read regularly, and
0: they weren't even the ones that everyone names when you think of that. It's tu- true. Subject and i was like oh this is going to be a fantastic topic because it'll be it'll be interesting to kind of jump around a bit and maybe you know answer some questions about the the world itself cuz the thing about it is like web comics are a completely separate industry it's oh totally it, it's it's a crazy world that i know a significant portion about because i happen to be huge fans of certain ones and when you're fans of a podcast it means you're fans of like a creator because mm. typically the web comic is produced by by a cartoonist who like operates the whole damn thing uh if you're not familiar yeah. what a webcomic is uh, oh, but, uh ask your grandfather what the sunday paper used <laughs> the
1: to comic be. strips like the if you wondered strips. where that's what really hit me in my research for this because obviously you threw out a bunch of titles for yeah. me And as I sat there reading them, I'm like, Oh, this is where the comic strip sense of humor and sensibility. When I remember Garfield, I remember family circus. Yeah,
0: exactly. And they, ironically, they both still exist despite the fact that they're like 2000 years old. Um, Mm -hmm. but the idea, the concept or the, the disposable media that is comics kind of went to the web. And as uh, most things do, as most things do. I mean, look, look at us. Uh, the idea, of course, being that like um, most cartoonists were inspired by the comic strips of old. I'm thinking Peanuts, Calvin and Hobbes. Classic. Uh, mm. Stuff like that. And... I know that like for example one one uh, cartoonist scott kurtz who does table titans and pvp player versus player uh, has been doing this for over 10 years and oh wow yeah the dude uh started out making a web comic called pvp uh for another website and that was kind of how they started out penny arcade was a very similar deal mm-hmm. where like a website like blues news or you know i guess some other website where you get like a bunch of news i guess the equivalent for comics would be like comic book resources or newsland yeah, yeah. or bleeding cool where there was a web comic that you know got switched out every day or every week And it was meant to draw in readers. Uh, Mm -hmm. The most recent example I can think of is the Emerald City Comic Con's website has its own specialized webcomic called called Tales from the Con, which is done by Brad Geiger, who does Evil Incorporated. And uh, what's his name? Uh, I think Chris Girusso, who does G-Men and does all those Wacky Little Marvel Comics.
1: I have always wanted to go to the Emerald City Comic Con. It's an
0: amazing show.
1: I hear it is too. I I hear that's like the place to go for writers. Like the writers are always really oh, excited really? to go there. Oh yeah, apparently there's that, like crazy writer parties.
0: I'll tell you, I uh, I went uh, the only reason why the only the, my closest thing to the Emerald City Comic Con is going to PAX Prime, uh, mm. which is in the same convention center which I loved. And uh, if you can ever if you ever get the opportunity, if you know somebody in the industry uh, in any regard when it comes to comics or video games, try to get if you know anybody in the industry in any way, try to get an exhibitor pass because you get a totally mm. different, unique perspective from of a con, uh, because number one, they, they can't kick you out. <laughs> number two, you can come and go as you please. Number three, you can get there as early as you like. And number four, you get to kind of you're, – you're treated entirely differently. Uh, more differently than uh, if you were, like, a press agent or, like, a fan or if you had, like, a three-day pass. Like, the, the exhibitor pass is a completely different animal. And it's really, really cool. Um, and actually, as such, like, our friend uh, – hooked us up with some exhibitor passes for pax prime and so we we like just we were like ghosts it was amazing but that Killer. convention center is tits it's I've, I've,
1: I've seen footage of it you know people who film stuff from uh, pax yeah. you know that's crazy
0: it's like it's multiple levels and each level is like its own convention it's freaking awesome but it's not but but it's actually more cohesive than like a bazaar. You know, I'm thinking mm. of that scene in uh, Firefly when they went to that like <laughs> orbiting space station, Love where that. each section had its own like, you know, tables and stuff. No, it's not that. It's not that chintzy. <laughs> it's it's quite well. It's a quite a well-oiled machine. But uh, web comics were meant to be kind of like a draw. They were secondary. They were the the idea was, you know, they were meant to kind of maintain an interest in the actual content. Yeah. yeah. And it was only after. Uh, People started looking at the numbers. That they went, oh, people are coming here for my comic, not for the news on mm. this website. And so they said, well, I guess I'll break off and then go get my own uh, revenue. See, like you know, strike a go, go westward, westward home, <laughs> so to speak. Because like, there's
1: gold in them there cyber hills. Exactly
0: because the idea of, of of um separating from, uh, you know the the mother of mm. of, of of revenue. You know they paid them. You know, like I'll pay you a monthly stipend or whatever to can maintain your website as opposed to I guess I now have to learn how to run a business. <laughs> like I don't have to just I, like you you because if you if you are a cartoonist, if you do writing and art, if you create your own book or your own strip, you have to not only know how to draw and write and write concisely and on a deadline but you also have to main- you have to have to know some semblance of coding you have to know how to make a website presentable oh, yeah. and nice looking you got to be able to do social media management
1: not um, all artists can do that
0: No they cannot I mean this is proved not just in the web comics community although there's plenty of examples of people who just cannot handle one mm-hmm. or multiple aspects of the business but uh it's evident in the comic book industry in its own way where artists and writers are like, I got to use the Twitters now. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, no, <laughs> but, uh, but it, it's a fascinating business and one that very few people can make into a living. Yeah. And, uh, so the ones that we're going to talk about are probably going to be the ones like the very, very, very few examples of, uh those that can those that do yeah. make a living out of it and I'll be honest like there are some people who have been making a living like Kurtz that I mentioned before uh for the last 10 years there are some who I, I I'm still scratching my head as to how they maintain <laughs> like I appreciate like why like because there was a boom there like I, it was a quiet one but in that world it did it it did
1: seem like there was a bit there when everyone was doing a webcomic heck i'm pretty sure yahtzee croshaw zero punctuation did a whole video on the boom and being like hey you know here's your handy dandy guide to success in the webcomic world right
0: exactly and i think that bubble kind of burst big time um i know that i definitely could not resist the siren call of making (laughs) comics with instant feedback um we made a strip called horseman back in the day uh the idea was it was it was supposed to be a cartoon show, which I was. It, we we were developing the pitch, and while we were doing that, we were also like, I guess we could maintain like a following, create like a, an audience for the for the series that doesn't exist yet. So um, I teamed up with Maki Naro, who wound up uh, doing a, a strip called Sufficiently Remarkable, and uh, and another strip called Science, and he drew Horseman for like I think thirty strips, and then uh, after that. My old buddy, uh, Carrie Clements, took over and uh, she wound up drawing it for the remainder of its run. And then we were like, okay, screw that. Let's get into comic books. Um, and then, even then, I was like, okay, well, you know what? Like, I've got this book. What should I do with it? Um, so I turned Horseman, when it was a comic book, into a, into a webcomic, which, once again, like, the it's funny because webcomics are funny in as much as like you can really trace people's success from when they decided to get in. Oh yeah. Like Penny Arcade and PVP hit at the right time. Mm-hmm. There's another webcomic called Control Alt Delete which for by all rights should not should be a f- a hobby for for Tim Buckley, but instead is a, a major source of revenue it has been since 2000. So for 15 years this dude's been making this comic. And, uh, you know, all criticism aside, because there's been a lot of criticism about that creator and about his comic, uh, he managed to create a business out of it. And
1: and it's proof, too, you know, you never know what's going to hit and what's going to be a big deal. You never deal. know what's
0: going to hit. And I feel like it's simply that he hit the dudes on a couch, meet, like, phenomenon, that trope, right when there were people looking for it. Like, right mm. in 2000, just boom, it hit, and people just took off running with it. And it never really well. It definitely slowed down, but it never really went away. Um, so Joel, I gave you a list of webcomics to check out and see yes. what 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 did you see and what were some of your standouts? What were some of your thoughts on each one?
1: Uh, well, definitely you no. Know, I, I had said that I hadn't been into uh, you know web comics. That's kind of a lie because I had read you know some. Uh, uh, was it the uh, the the, the guy? I'm dr- drawing a blank on the name now. Uh, Penny Arcade. Thank you. Well, I had like, read a little cuz cuz it's kind of hard not to run into penny arcade if you're on the game side of the internet.
0: I mean even like even if if you're a redditor, occasionally a webcomic like uh, Saturday morning breakfast cereal will mm. just appear on the front page and all of a sudden you read webcomics even if you yeah. don't necessarily do, like opt to or you try to, they'll find you and usually there's some kind of webcomic for everybody because there are literally tens of thousands of them.
1: It's true. And, you know, I mean, it really says something about Penny Arcade, how they've been able to spin that in such success, really just, you know, by latching on to, you know, like what's big at the moment. It's almost South Parkian the way they do it, where it's like, you know, oh, hey, people are uh, people are going off about Destiny this week. And, you know, some like it, some hate it. Let's do a three strip thing on Destiny.
0: Right. Uh, It's actually funny. It it reminds me not unlike uh, the YouTube scene. Where mm. like there are certain certain trends, there are certain like beats you can hit, and you know, yeah. There are there are flashes in the pan, and there are, there are some that have staying power. And what the the tools are all there. That's the most that's the most fascinating thing. Like the tools for making web comics are all at your disposal, such that you could download a template, a WordPress template called yeah. Comic Press, and <laughs> literally, if you just if you've been drawing them, you can just photocopy them or uh, scan them in and then upload com- like comic press to your WordPress page. And within like an hour you will have a website with Google AdSense with, mm-hmm. with the uh, banner ads. Like you could just go onto uh project wonderful, which is yeah. a like banner ad generating website and you're just ready to go. Like you're just literally producing like you've been doing it forever. Um, but I think that,
1: that, that, that's some really good info you gave out right there. I should yeah, remember I know. that. Yeah,
0: if you want, if you're interested in doing it, in making a web comic, join the tens of thousands of people who are doing it. Uh, but the funny thing is, uh, when it comes to Penny Arcade, the reason why we've heard of it, or the reason why we we still read it, or the reason why we still hear about it, is because those guys were smart enough to not just make a quality product, which is really just in the in the eye of the beholder. You know, because people don't necessarily, you know, whether it's good or not, it's subjective. Mm. But the guys surrounded themselves with really, really smart people uh, and built a business that was, uh, you know, kind of hinged on the success of the comic, but now has outgrown the comic to the point where Penny Arcade is a charitable organization, Uh Penny Arcade is a number one video game convention. Uh, Penny Arcade is They have
1: a video game based on the characters They made own video play game it in the comic. It didn't
0: sell very well, but uh that was a downloadable thing, but yeah. Yeah, but the you know, they make games, they talk about games, they create charitable foundations for them, they have conventions surrounding them. Uh, they've literally turned Penny Arcade from a webcomic to a comic about two guys on a couch into yeah. a brand.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, totally.
0: I mean, you, you I I could see the future of Penny Arcade becoming like awards or you know some other beast i can't even that's the thing about like what they're doing and where they're going i can't necessarily predict where they're gonna go and what they're gonna do
1: wait it's funny i'm looking at their site right now i'm like oh what's what's their strip today about and today it's them talking about minecraft story mode because that's a thing yeah that just came out today so they already have like three pages ready to go with it
0: right and the fact is if you've ever seen, they have they have a reality show. They created a reality show about making web comics. They have a reality show about themselves making the comic mm, and running I see, the business. I haven't watched those. Oh, they're it's pretty it's pretty cool. Anytime you get to see the inside workings of the entertainment industry, I am fascinated. I think uh, honestly, like based on just the strength of what we talk about, like how we can just pick any topic, I would love for us to talk about comedians sometime.
1: Oh, that's that's on my list because I have a lot of great comedic influences I would love to talk about, so
0: do I? And I'm while I have no aspirations to become a comedian, that universe is so mm. fascinating to me. I respect
1: what they do. but I, I respect the, shit the history out of
0: comedians and the amount of self-sacrifice and pathos and insanity that they put up with slash deal with on a daily basis. It's-
1: What's that thing they say? Comedy is tragedy plus time. Some of the funniest comedians are were super tragic people.
0: Oh my god! Yeah, it's very self destructive people. Mm-hmm. Um, with web comics, it really helps if you're not self destructive because yeah. you'll destroy your craft. I know one. And-
1: and Penny Arcade has had some trouble, too, in the past. They've had, you know, some controversies and, you know, stuff lobbed at them. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I think the Dick Wolves was the last time. I remember that their that was the last.
1: That, that was what I was referring to. And, you here. know, it's
0: funny. Like, uh, I like, I don't want to, like, necessarily, like, harp on that too much. But, like, I remember when that was a thing. I think they actually did. Yeah, I remember that comic coming out. I remember them writing about it. I remember, like, them talking about it. And I remember being like, so? Yeah. <laughs>
1: And but, I I remember in the Fallout the dude I can't remember if it was Gabe or it was, it was
0: it was Gabe uh, Mike Krahulik, is the he's always the one who's like okay let me let me let me tell you what I think, uh, Tycho slash Jerry Holkins is very like reserved and quiet and usually is like not the one to <laughs> to put his foot in his mouth. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you checked out Penny Arcade, which is a Titan, and it's become for it, good reason. Yeah. For, with good reason whether you whether you like the strip or not whether it's gotten better or gotten worse like they've created something it's, it's
1: funny to think it's been going on for so long now that there's generations of people who can be like man i remember it when it was good
0: yeah oh there's there are like i think there's three different levels of penny arcade uh comics that you can be like i liked it when it was this i really liked it when it was this or i like it now um so yeah, it's it's kind of fascinating that way. But it, what it's kind of you- it's
1: kind of like the Simpsons effect, isn't it? Where it's like, man, yeah. you know, I stopped watching after blank.
0: Yep, exactly. And there's there's like many different variations on that, definitely. Heck, there's a
1: topic right there. Just talk about the Simpsons.
0: Ah, uh, I, I mean, we could I could do that, but <laughs> I have liked. Here's the thing, like really quick, I have liked the Simpsons less. Um there are so many seasons i think there's 25 26 seasons yeah something like that i i um i have not liked the simpsons for so long like i i like so few of the seasons that like statistically i'm not a simpsons fan really like i am i like i i love seasons one through eight and i like season nine
1: the the must watch seasons one and actually
0: it's more like season two through eight. Season one is fine and it's great and if you remember it or if it, if you if you care about history like that season's integral. It's a it's a bedrock for what the Simpsons will eventually mm-hmm. become. But uh, my golden years are seasons two through eight, and there are twenty five seasons. I, I I can't even say that the Simpsons suck because the fact is like i'm i'm not even relevant like the seasons that i like are while they informed and built everything that simpsons became after that there's like you know i can't even say that i used to be a fan because statistically speaking i only liked what
1: (laughs) well you know it's funny the thing and and obviously we should save this for a simpsons show because it sounds like we could totally do a thing on it now it's like you know obviously i'm a little younger than you which means i stuck with the show longer. And, you yeah. know, to me, it's, like, all The Simpsons. And, like, my breakup with The Simpsons was much more casual right. than Even it was like, anything else.
0: I assume, yeah, you just lost interest after a while.
1: But, like, it went from, like, you know, must-watch Sunday programming to, yeah, I'll catch that later. Yeah. yeah I'll okay. catch that much later. Yeah, I'll catch it on DVD. Yeah, I'm good.
0: Yeah, all right. I think I just stopped watching the show. It, yeah. it,
1: it wasn't, like, a horribly destructive, like, screw this, th- screw everything, like it was with Family Guy. Oh, I can actually God. pinpoint the second I was done with Family Guy.
0: I, I um... I'm, I'm exactly the same way. We could actually do three different episodes. We could do The Simpsons, we could do Family Guy, and we could do South Park. Yeah. Because I haven't ever quit South Park, but I definitely, when they're like, Seas- the new season's playing now, I'm like, oh, really? Still? Good. <laughs> like I'm glad. I like that show, and I'm sure it doesn't cost much to make. Um, I, I think that it's a better satire machine than SNL certainly has ever been. So, oh,
1: dude, there's a show that I still watch SNL. I'm probably the only 20-something you'll meet who keeps up with SNL. Oh, no
0: questions. <laughs> um, but yeah, so anyway, uh, we, we talked about Penny Arcade. I, we could probably bring it back to it, but what's the next, uh, what, what is another one?
1: Uh, well, I guess another one there uh, that you gave to me to read, and I checked out, was uh, PvP. Yeah. And again, and again, I thought that was fun. I thought it was charming. Uh, the strip I read, which again, this is kind of like a more long-form strip kind of story. Yes. It was, it was the dude uh, going to his high school reunion and confronting like an old bully there, but you know, the bully actually turned out to be a nice guy later on in life and apologized. Yeah, and everything.
0: yeah. Uh, that it's funny because PvP has. It went from a a gag-a-day, that's what they used to call it, Mm. a a gag-a-day strip, where it's, you know, like, oh, Funky Winkerbin... Oh, no, I'm sorry. Funky Winkerbin was, like, an ongoing drama. Oh, Beetle Bailey, will you ever stop sleeping on the job? Uh, But PvP eventually turned into, like, an actual, like, office comedy. Yeah, yeah. Like, news... And the influences are, like, news radio, Night Court, uh, Sports Night. Like, that's the kind of... uh, motif that I think Kurtz was going for with that strip. It's definitely stepped away from there. That 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 story about Francis and the bully was like the most... like That's like the first time that they've had a story arc in a long time.
1: <laughs> oh, has it?
0: Yeah, they, he's... Kurtz has really kind of stepped away from PvP in a big bad way but when it was started... It was originally just, like, a joke. It was about, like, you know, there was the guys on the couch who played video games. There's the nerdy girl who exists so that she can shake her head and go, Oh, boys, and then actually play video games. She could be, like, a wish fulfillment character. Mm -hmm. And then eventually, but, like, what's cool is that Kurtz, as he grew and, and matured, uh, his characters did as well, and he realized, like shortly thereafter, he's like, "Oh my god! Like I created a wish fulfillment character. Like this isn't a woman. This is just a. This is just an archetype for which, me to like."
1: Which is rare for creators to come around to. Oh that.
0: yeah. Oh no. And he. That's, and that's kind of a fascinating phenomenon about web comics that you don't get to see necessarily in most other media, which is. Except, I think, YouTube. And I think that's why I'm so gravitated towards it. And why it was such an easy transition to go from doing webcomics to doing YouTube videos. Which is, you're taking your art, and you're making it quickly. You're putting it on display, and you get immediate feedback. And you're constantly looking to reinvent yourself so that you stay relevant. And, like, PvP was the same way. Like, Kurtz needed to reinvent PvP every so often, lest it get stale. We, as YouTubers, like, we have to keep you know coming up with something new you know maintaining what what makes it work but also reinventing the wheel so that we don't become stale
1: totally and yeah and to bring it back to like traditional comic strips which this all kind of comes from that that, that's like what doonesbury did didn't it like the doonesbury you read in the 70s is completely different from the doonesbury you would read today if it's still going i think it's still going it is
0: i think it's still going uh yeah. I think it is still going. Cause I know that like every so often they'll write, they'll do a write up about Doonesbury and how it's, and it's cultural significance. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, but PVP is, is, is a much different animal from what it was. And I, I, I honestly, like for me, like I was a huge fan. I feel like it's definitely fallen way, uh, to something else. Like it, well,
1: it, th- there's at least one joke you really like that BB eight joke.
0: Yes. That was pretty great. Uh, the, he also does a strip called Table Titans, which I didn't like mention, but uh, clearly he has a much higher passion for it and wants to make that more. Mm-hmm. So uh, you've got that strip as well, which I guess is if you're looking for like the heart and soul of Kurtz and him infusing himself into a strip, Table Titans is the way to go. PvP is more like it went from the favorite child to like well, it's like having a kid who it's like it's like having an only child. <laughs> And that, or, Which or I having, am, or having an older child, and that older child had all this promise, and you put all this effort and time and money into them, and then they accidentally got into like a car accident, and you're like, well, you <laughs> know what? Like sometimes that happens, and then like they keep doing it, and you're like, ah, I I've got to put my efforts into something else. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, PVP was was a fun comic, and I think that there's always potential. That's a thing that like, you know disposable media is that there's always mm-hmm. potential for yeah. it to be reinvented or for it to be something else. But this is the, actually it's through web comics that I learned that I, that I kind of learned about commenting and fans and viewers because, uh, f- fandom is interesting It really is because you'll get like people who are some of your biggest fans hate you.
1: It's true. It's true. But <laughs> fan antagonists, I like to call them. Yes, that. I love
0: that that term. The fan uh, antagonists are Th- just that's people. A,
1: that's a Joel trademark. Do not steal. <laughs> yeah,
0: I love it. it. Yeah, it's on the show. It's canon now. You can timestamp it. This this term exists. But when we... they
1: make the Elseworlds Exchange wiki, that's got to be on there.
0: Yeah, let me tell you, like. We have, I have a perfect and real-time example of fa- of antagonists. The when we had some technical difficulties trying to get this show up, but right before it we went down, we had two thumbs down. <laughs> we were for five minutes. We had two thumbs down. Which that, means that means that's not like people were like, "Oh, web comics. I think I'll check this out." Oh, it's not up yet. Thumbs down. It, nor did it mean like, "I don't like what they're talking about. I disagree." Thumbs down. That was oh, Sal's live. Thumbs down.
1: that they cared enough to follow you to keep their eyes peeled to when you were doing a show they're
0: subscribed they they watch everything we do they they they're 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 on our twitters They, they they check our facebooks just to get ammunition for every little thing you say so they can throw it in your face and it's like guess what man you're my biggest fan
1: yeah you true.
0: you hang on my every word and you hate it and it you makes go you over feel... it with a
1: fine-tuned comb and listen and re-listen yeah
0: i mean like as, if 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 that kind of dedication didn't also make people murder people and bury them under your <laughs> yeah. floorboards i would actually thank them for being such great and amazing fans uh but...
1: <laughs> obsession is a funny thing you know <laughs> it is
0: it really is um uh, by the way, Jack DeWiskey says make this a weekly thing. We are trying to make this a weekly thing. We've named the damn thing now. It's
1: got a, it's got a name now. It, it's it's happening. It's yes. for real.
0: And by the way, if you're just joining us, welcome to the Elseworld Exchange. Uh, if you're watching this after the fact, I'm sorry that you already heard this part, but welcome to the Elseworld Exchange, the show where Joel and I chat about pop culture topics. We we'll grab Still. a topic and then just kind of dissect it from there.
1: That's that, that that's right, Josh Harley. They hate us cuz they ain't us. Nice. Nice the interview reference. The only thing that will remain prominent about that movie well, Oh my
0: god, it's funny, Uh, Kurtz actually, not only does he have a very unique perspective about the comic book industry, he also used to be the fourth member of a podcast called Comic Dorks, which was a really cool show, but then they stopped doing it, and now it's nothing. Like, it was part of the Frog Pants Network. I've actually been trying to, back when we first started as a YouTube channel, I'm like, oh, we gotta get these guys, because these guys know Mm. their shit, and they'll love talking about it. Nope. <laughs> so, fine. But Kurtz has a very unique perspective about webcomics, about comic books, about the industry, about fandom. And one of his uh, perspectives is uh, capitalizing off what you said about, like, they they hate us because they ain't us, which is, like, there are a lot of fans of webcomics and webcomic creators. Mm-hmm. And I think this is can also be trans, like translated to YouTube as well, where they're fans because... They want to be you. And not like they want to be like, like me. They want what you have. and They, they want to wear that, your skin. Well, and they think that by being a fan of yours, by being your friend, that they'll be able to ape off what you did and then make it themselves. Right. Or use you to leapfrog to the next step of what they want. Like, it's, it's, it's like a half-assed networking scheme uh it's a disingenuous networking scheme very uh and, and i, 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 I like all those
1: good-hearted networking schemes which go just fine i
0: like network listen if they want to like for example when we went to new york comic-con and valiant sent took us to a whiskey bar and we like <laughs> ate a thousand appetizers i would i no, that's that's proper networking i like that networking uh by the way we are going to do something with valiant uh, in the future and it's not going to be like the valiant hour like where we're just going to do nothing but no, we have a we have a special organic episode ready to go. That's like we're going to shoot very soon. That will be a really great topic. Basically, I'm going to bring back Comic Line, and it's going to oh, be yes. about their company. And that be show where
1: movie. you wore suits.
0: I like that show. Uh, and we shot an episode where we did the killing joke, and then I deleted
1: mm-hmm. it. <laughs> T- too much.
0: It was too much. We were talking about like violence against women, and I'm like, this show can never air.
1: Yeah, not on the internet. I- I've actually done that myself. I actually had a whole video planned for Cape Joel where I was going to talk about superheroes and who th- th- they would uh, who they would support politically. And oh, I'm like, oh, well, obviously Green Arrow's a liberal. That's well documented. And Tony Stark, he's a conservative. That's right. well documented. Well, Batman can go either way depending on who's writing in the fragment. I'm like, no, this can never go up either. Nope,
0: because your fans will just be like, I disagree. Like, they'll flip a crap, man. Like, no, trust me. I, I Yeah. And the last thing I need is for our channel to blow up because exactly because people because people because like Marguerite Bennett is mad at me for saying that like Barbara Gordon is is a is a well rounded character and defined by tragedy like I can't let that happen
1: and I didn't want to do a political video and be on like the front page of Breitbart News or some crap. oh my
0: god exactly um so all right PVP that's a dead topic next next comic that you that you checked out
1: uh well uh one that i actually do keep up with and one that i figured i would mention it's something i know you're a fan of too you interviewed the creator and in indeed i did as well and that's uh gail stewart's jl8
0: that's right yes uh i i was told about jl8 a couple of years ago in a shoe store and they were like you'd like this dark side's a gym teacher and yeah, uh that's very early
1: on in it too <laughs> yeah and
0: but that was like he told me about it like when there were like four strips and uh it was a. It, it's a fun strip. If you're not familiar with JL8, it's a cute strip about the DC universe if they were eight year olds. It was originally called Little League, mm, but Little
1: Marvel, yeah. No,
0: no. It was the. It was Little League, the baseball organization oh, right. that threatened uh, legal action, and so they changed it to JL8, which I think is a good title. I think it works out. It wasn't too. Uh, wasn't too on the nose, but it's got uh, a nice ring to it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and he draws it, he writes it, and uh man, yeah, like JL8 is the kind of strip where that, that strip always blew my mind, and I'll tell you Always, yeah. It's a it's it's beautifully drawn. It's oh, really totally. thoughtfully written and But the most the most mind boggling part of JL8 is why didn't DC
1: Buy it. I know, right? Well, it's funny, because, like, this dude, like, I think we can talk freely, because we both know. Heck, he's still in my Skype contacts, Me actually. Too. Yeah, the fact that, you know, it's like, JL8 is so cool, and clearly DC thinks it's cool, because he is just kind of skirting, you know, copyright. Yeah, because they it.
0: let him do it.
1: Where it's like, you don't own any of these characters you've made into eight-year-olds and put into charming, peanut-style situations.
0: Yeah. I mean, like, there are... There are some versions of those characters that I prefer like yeah. Yale's version of and True. like well Jesus DC why don't you just take that strip and then put it at DC online like go to like, go to the main web the DC website and it goes to the top of the page and just bring and just bring in revenue and it's, split it with your artist I don't understand that yeah.
1: it's it, it's weird it's or, definitely weird
0: or hell how about this uh make it a digital exclusive comic. That people can buy. I mean, like, clearly the industry is aware of it. He's friends with people in the industry. And he's also, he did a, uh, he did a Nova story about Sam Alexander.
1: He did. I remember that one. That was a big break for him. I remember that. And
0: we did a, uh, we did an interview with him on our old dead show, Big Shots, where we talked to him about that. And we were like, so, you know, you did Nova. I guess this is going to be the beginning. And he was like, no. Like, no, it's not. Like, we did the one thing. And I, it might be because one of the people who was involved is a friend of mine, but that's it. And yeah, it's like,
1: uh, I was always surprised Yel Stewart didn't blow up huge. I kept thinking he was going to be the next big thing for a long time. I guess too. he's just, I guess he's just happy and content doing what he's doing. Good on him for that.
0: Well, he, he did he did run into a peck of uh, of controversy. Yeah,
1: and there was that, and there was that thing also. So,
0: I mean, like it could be that he was getting ready, <laughs> and, then and then there was a major impediment.
1: Uh, yeah which, which we which, don't which,
0: we don't need to get into since no, we know the guy and uh
1: people I, can google that if they want you can google
0: it i you know but don't because <laughs> if you like jailate just enjoy it
1: yeah yeah and, and again you know like some of the cool stuff about JL8, you were saying you actually like some of the characters better in that yeah, I, there's I, a there's a whole great little mini arc in there about batman being like oh i need to be taken more seriously yeah. by the kids in my class. So I'm gonna change my costume. And he changes into the new fifty-two costume. Oh, and he's they like, all hey, do it.
0: and it yeah. like they all get grim and gritty. Like they all get new fifty-two'd. That's an amazing yeah. story.
1: It is. And it's it's so it's so like just at the time I was reading it, it was like at the height of my reading the new fifty two. It was great. And the best joke is is the flash who comes and is like hey guys can i be grim and gritty too oh alfred didn't make you a costume that's fine i just took my old costume and drew thunderbolts on it it's that's fine. because right. <laughs> that's all flash's new 52 costume that's is right. his, old, his old costume with more crap on yeah it.
0: and the fact is like that's a strip that dc would never have signed off on. no it was not just a, a damning million. indictment of the decision to make those mm. switches which i completely agree with by the way that was that was i was on board for for yale's commentary Um, it's funny actually it reminds me of the most recent issue of superman lois and clark that just came out
1: oh i didn't read that today oh it's good but matt was telling me about it It
0: makes me scared and upset because if anybody remembers infinite crisis which is about superman from the last universe and how like the world is dark and gritty trying
1: to punish the world for how dark and gritty it's become or or how
0: he's like he's like i don't approve of this world because it's too dark and edgy and then we have that superman in this universe and he's like this is a dark and edgy universe. I'm like, "No!" <laughs> that Superman like like dealt with the was killed by Doomsday and watched yeah. one woman snap Maxwell Lord's neck. Like, this Superman's been through enough gritty shit. The New 52 might be like, you know, dark, but it's not as, it's not darker than the crap that went on at the end of the post-crisis DCU. Right. So, please don't take us in that direction. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, another, uh, great bit that, uh, JLA had is there's a, there's a moment in there which felt very much like an episode of Arthur where, uh, Superman and Batman go to the bookstore because, you know, Batman wants to write a book and who's the clerk at the store working there? It's Neil Gaiman. Yep.
0: You know what's funny about that? Uh, Yale told us the story, uh, he actually heard from Neil Gaiman. Oh, wow. After that and Gaiman liked it and he's like I can't believe I got Gaiman to read my comic (laughs) I'm
1: like yeah me either dude (laughs) that's that's got to be a wonderful touching moment again I think kept up with it a bit I don't think he used any more real people in that yeah I think I think Gaiman was the only one like the only only
0: one and he didn't want it he, he he mentioned like he didn't want it to be like that jarring like he didn't want to start throwing in like all these references and all these original like all these real people and he, he was actually on the fence about even including Gaiman at all. And then he was like, nah, you know what? We'll we'll do it. Why not?
1: And then Batman meets the ghost of Jack Kirby.
0: Yeah, exactly. Or Bill Finger. Like, uh. I created you and never got credit.
1: <laughs> hey, Batman, I'm your daddy. No, not your dead one. Yeah. Oh, but I'm, I'm
0: also one. dead, but not the... Yeah. But and I died you... penniless. I'm like your dad.
1: <laughs> uh. And then have Siegel and Schuster show up and be like, you know, they had to give us a pittance, right, for what we did yeah. when the movie when the Christopher Reeves movie came out, they didn't want us to die, right? And mar the whole thing. How does that make you feel, little Superman? <laughs> <laughs> it um, does make me feel good. Ghosts of dead comic creators. Yeah, yeah. A
0: lot. I'm eight. Um, <laughs> what uh, what else have we got? What else is on the list here?
1: Uh, Oh, just one last thing about uh, about J.L.A. Yeah, let's wrap it up. Because I also thought it was hilarious. Uh, The parents get to become characters in the book. And I think that's so awesome. Like, Ma and Pa Kent are characters. And they watch the Lawrence Welk show because, of course, they do. Right. Uh,
0: You even get a Power Girl's mom who's great. (laughs) Pardon me.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Live shows. Um, But, yeah, like, I, I like that i like the inclusion of the parents i like the i like that everyone's a real character and everyone has real proportions no one's idealized mm. or sexy or anything like that like it's really just 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 respectfully done it's just it's clearly you know what there's so much care and effort it's obviously not done by a professional
1: <laughs> yeah well heck <laughs> that that's a joke too they have with power girl don't they when he does a bit on the boob window yep. and they're just like what are you doing yeah
0: yeah Ugh.
1: That's funny. Yeah. Funny J- JL Eight is great, everyone. If you haven't read JLA, you should all totally go read JL Yes.
0: Go to jl 8tumblrcom I think. Uh, if not, by the way, check in the description box down below. We'll send a, a link to every comic we reference in this episode.
1: Ooh, that's good. That's a good idea. Uh, f- from a totally sweet and wholesome comic to another comic I regularly read. And this is gonna be really weird, but it's a but it's a web comic called Ojoy oh Sex Toy. Ah, yes.
0: That? That's uh, Erica Moen?
1: Erica Moen, yep, yeah, b- beautiful artist, and definitely beloved by comic creators, because if you see who follows her on Twitter, it's a bunch of, you know, big-name comic people who like her work.
0: Oh, yeah, and she's, she's a, she's one of those people who was a, uh, like, a already established webcomic creator, already had a create, uh, had a career, and also wound up being a contestant on Penny Arcade's reality show. Oh, wow. Games, uh, which, which everyone was kind of like, what the hell? Like, all these other people are starving, and you got Erica Moen. What the crap? Um, but Moen uh, kind of was like, "I'm gonna forego any fee that I, like, any like prize money I get. I just want to." Oh, be that's harder. nice. It was cool. She's she's a classy person. I've met her she twice. She sure is. And oh, lucky you. Yeah, she's super cool, super nice. Um, I never, her- I, I didn't start my sketchbook until after that, of course. But uh, yeah, Ojoy Joy Sex Toy. Tell tell the good people what that's all about.
1: <laughs> Well, I sure will, everyone. And you can tell that we can do this on the Comic Pop channel because we could never do this on any of the other channels. Well, actually, no, we could totally do it on Comic Book as we do shit like that all the time. (laughs) But yeah, Ojoy Sex Toy, like it literally started as like, hey, let's actually review real life, honest, real world sex toys. And we'll have like comics to go with them, like funny little imagery and everything. Yeah. And from that, it's expanded, to, you know, because it's Erica Moen and I guess her husband, partner, whatever, he's part of it too.
0: Yes, she's, uh, yeah, her, her husband. Yeah, he's, he's her husband. Because she was, the idea was Erica Moen had uh, uh, had always identified as being gay. Mm-hmm. And then she met this guy and fell in love with him. Mm. And it completely transformed her perceptions of sexuality. Yeah. And she actually wound up like doing a webcomic before that. Uh, before Ojoy Sex Toy, that chronicled her kind of transformation. Oh, I got to uh, track that down. Oh, it's because great. it's called DAR, D-A-R exclamation And it's, for it goes, I think it's about a six year window of her just being an artist and going through hell. And not Astral. like, just the hell that is life. The hell that is your mm. 20s. And her like meeting this dude and falling in love with him and how that, radically annihilated her life. Like, just completely changed yeah. her perceptions, her friendships, her relationships, everything. And, L- lo-
1: lo- love will fuck you up, kids, just it, so you, it's, know. It's actually, it, you know.
0: It's actually, you know what's funny? It kind of reminded me of a more tastefully done Chasing Amy. Ah! Because I like Chasing Amy. I think it's a fantastic movie. I think it's beautifully put together. But they never address, because Smith doesn't really, at that point, n- understand. Like, they don't address the whole, like she thought she was gay and then falls in love with a man and it's like no like don't get caught up on labels and sexuality like it, which is it,
1: which is all very much topics that Ojoy deals with where you know it's very much about you know you know gender and life and roles and all this other stuff and they get great guest artists who do little one shots and that's everything right. And it's just like man this is this is really cool really progressive stuff and I dig it.
0: That's the thing it's very liberal if you're if you're not like sexually mm. liberated or liberal like this is not going to be a comic no. that you're going to want to read. And but it's I,
1: not and it's not safe for work is the other thing. It is a very unsafe for work. But I will <laughs>
0: say you know what the fact is like even if it's not necessarily for you I I challenge you to read it or at least read Dar because One should always be exposed to essential questions. And this is the problem that I always encounter with people that, like, I've known through walks of life where, like, I'm like, man, there they go. And were it not for the fact that they're afraid of life or they're afraid to ask themselves really simple but really penetrative questions just yeah. literally just just like i don't want to think about it or ask myself that question and so i'm just gonna bury my head in because
1: i might not like the answer yeah
0: or i might or i'm afraid of what the answer might mean for my convenience mm-hmm. and uh, you know and and this is while this isn't like while i'm talking about transformative jo- journeys oh joy sex toy is just like think about it for a second and if and if nothing else you get to see some boobs
1: and like, it's funny too if, like you it's need a very to think of it that way yeah, and it's a very funny strip too like there's like like laugh out loud stuff that they did a whole uh little uh strip on them going to a swinging party because it's more than just toys they oh, like yeah. you know like like they interview an exotic dancer and she talks about like all the athleticism that goes into that you know yeah the, the, the swinging party one made me laugh too because like well we had the worst time ever even just getting there and that's like it's like this isn't sexy this isn't enjoyable at all that's the
0: thing like like it, it kind of takes the mystique out of oh like, totally the big umbrella of sex and turns it into something real Something yeah. that like something something more frank, which I think is amazing, and also turns it into art, which is the best kind of mm. anything in life.
1: And and also something goofy and something fun too. It's a very colorful comic. Yeah. It's got you know like a lot going on.
0: Yeah. No. Erica Mowen's a smart person, and she produces really like penetratingly insightful art. So. Yeah. I am glad we brought that up because it's something that's like totally not in the wheelhouse of everything we're talking about.
1: It, hey, get games, comedy, superheroes, but no, seriously, transformative questions, yeah, you know, about fluidity and, and other stuff. <laughs> Which again goes to show like there's a comic that probably would never be printed, but it's something that can find an audience as a web comic. Yeah. It's and really true. thrive as a web comic.
0: That's the that's the thing about a lot of uh, about a lot of independent work is that like there are some comics that No publisher will take a chance on you. And I have been to enough conventions and been on on, in the internet, like with respect to comics, long enough, pardon me, to understand that or to know that there are like a thousand independent comic book publishing houses Mm -hmm. that make one book. Yep. Like that. Just like I needed to make my book, and I didn't have any other avenue, so I made my own publishing company.
1: At our friend uh, Comic Uno went through something like that just recently when she uh, put out her uh, book, Like Father, Like Daughter, mm-hmm, that she's which, going through right now.
0: Yeah, which uh, I believe she's doing a Kickstarter for the next issue. For, she uh,
1: is. Definitely uh, check that out. Tell her Sal and Joel sent you. Yeah,
0: exactly. But yeah, we even did it ourselves with back when we were called Little House Comics. Now when we produce books, it's called Comic Pop Studios. But web comics are a way for you to literally just try art and tell your story with literal no impediment and no yeah. and the only the only obstacles are your own like they they're, they're, they might be financial they might be artistic they might be you know uh, criticism but the fact is there's nothing to stop you from making mm. art and then putting it out there. It yeah. is like for me web comics are special because they represent the best qualities of what the internet should be. Which mm. is making anything, yeah. so, or something that is your unique voice,
1: expressing creativity and as some, something personal,
0: and just being like, there it is, and it's and it's up for grabs. I'm not shoving it down your throat. I'm not like forcing you to read it. And there's no way for me to do that because the internet is just a place for these people who are like, meh. <laughs> like you can just click it off and it goes away. But if you, you know, if you're looking for something or if you stumble upon it, you might just find something, you know, yeah. special. And that's that's the that's the magic of the internet and the magic of web comics for me. It's
1: true. It really is.
0: Yeah. Um, what else have we got? What what, what else are we talking about? <laughs>
1: uh, I don't know. What What are some other uh, books that uh, you really like? There's another comic
0: that I recall called, um, whoops, called uh, Questionable Content, which is a comic strip that my uh, an old friend of mine used to read, <clears throat> that I loathed. <laughs> oh yeah. I hated it so much because it was poorly drawn in my perspective. It was poorly drawn. It was full of Mary Sue's and it's explain what a Mary ah, Sue is for people question. out there who don't know it. Oh shit. okay, uh, just a second. There we go. And there we go. All right. Uh, a Mary Sue is a character who has no uh, no, no conflict, no faults. They, they they just they they have cheat codes on. They and are they're...
1: perfect. They are Teflon, and more often than not, they are writer insert characters. I, I, I think the term comes from the fan fiction community, doesn't it? It uh, does. Nick it does. Soup?
0: I mean, like the fact is, uh, and and there's, you, they don't have to necessarily be the the prettiest or the smartest but everyone has to care about them and they have to win all the time and that's they
1: are they are the poochies they are when this character is not around we need to be asking where's poochie yeah
0: they're the bellas of the of the world a Uh,
1: perfect example of a mary sue character now this isn't just women characters too the 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 male version is a gary stew which i like that yeah
0: i like that too if you ever want to know a perfect textbook example using a star wars metaphor read the book i jedi it is a (laughs) fan fiction book about a character who is a great pilot because Han Solo says he is. He's a great Jedi because Luke Skywalker says he is. (laughs) And he beats the bad guy and finds out he's force sensitive and like he can do everything. And people were like, this is fucking amazing. It's like, no, (laughs) if you want to be that guy, then sure. But that's it. Uh, But yeah, uh, questionable content was a strip where my buddy read the crap out of it. And I was always like, "What is this comic?" Mm. And uh, I I read it like just to understand my friend a little better. I read it from beginning to end, and it didn't end. It's still going on. Uh, but it is, it is a comic about hipster douchebags in the <laughs> north in the northeast corner of the United States.
1: I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, there's also robots. Okay.
0: Uh, every, there. Okay, when web comics were on, came on the scene and became like. In vogue when people were right. like, "I could do that," they there there's like almost a formula that you could follow uh, if you want to make a truly depressingly obvious webcomic. and the formula is such that you have a couple of guys, a couch, mm-hmm. a girl, and a quirky character you can turn into a toy sticker, like or any or a mucker- catchphrase machine, and a ca- well, and they also have to have some stupid, you know, catchphrase or or. You know, like, Hazana- Haganaga, you know, like, they have to say something that you can put on a t-shirt.
1: Wubba lubba dub Wubba dub da. Which I think is a beautiful catchphrase for Rick and Morty because it's so making fun of ridiculous catchphrases. Yeah, and
0: it, and it means, that what it actually means is also great because then it undercuts what it, what the, you know, the jubilance of saying it. Uh, uh,
1: in bird language, wubba a double love means someone who is hurting on the yes, inside.
0: I am hurting. Please help me. <laughs> in bird culture, yeah, it is random debris. I don't know what humans. I are. don't know what he, you
1: know what this human eats. <laughs> Tammy, be gross, don't be Tammy. gross. <laughs> uh,
0: Tammy, gross. Uh, crap. Um, yeah. So, Web a, so in questionable content, there's a character named Pint Size. And he is a little robot who's just sexually perverse and hilarious because he doesn't give a fuck, and uh, he can, and he's just so cute and funny, and he, and he's, and and you know can't be stopped, and whatever. It's just like so fucking on the nose and obvious. It made me, it made me sick, like because so he's
1: the scrappy dude to use another dog. He is fucking scrappy
0: dude. If if scrappy if if, uh, if the Scoob if Hanna-Barbera wasn't afraid of sexual jokes, because, like, <laughs> it's like if Scrappy-Doo humped Velma and uh, Daphne's leg all the time.
1: But which he almost kind of did in the live-action In movie. the movie,
0: yeah. I mean, he was humping people, he was peeing on them. And... From
1: from the writer of Guardians of the Galaxy.
0: When I, when I saw that scene, like, in the Scooby movie, because yeah. that movie looked like such garbage, and Scooby looked so stupid with that awful CG... When they're in the when they when they reveal they broke up mostly because of Scrappy and they show that yeah. scene of him like okay it's me I was like oh this is really cool
1: <laughs> I'm I'm puppy but well it's funny you know you hear about like uh, what what they wanted to do with that movie before they decided it was going to be a kids movie mm-hmm. like it was actually going to be more adult oriented and they were going to be able to say yes yeah, Scooby and Shaggy are just stoners and yes Velma is gay right
0: uh, th- I'm happy with either one. Honestly, Uh, yeah, I I always like seeing art, uh, you know, kind of put into a box because Mm -hmm. that's when you like, you know, when you see true creativity, trying to trying to get out of it (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) or work around it. But anyway, uh, questionable content is drama. It's it's melodrama. It's it's a comic about 20 to 30 year olds who do whatever they want and never really run into conflict and when they do they talk their way out of it
1: i already hate it
0: here is here is an example of the conflict that takes place in a questionable content story arc um miscommunication revelation the miscommunication took place forgiveness
1: so hacky sitcom writing
0: it's not even like yeah sitcom writing you could you could milk a season out of one misunderstanding yeah, and, and they often do. Yeah, but what what questionable content does is anytime those characters are like in any awkward situation or an uncomfortable position, mm-hmm. the 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 creator will immediately take them out of it. Like he's oh. like, "No, I can't let them I I don't want anyone to be mad at them." I don't know what the point is except to generate money. Mm. And it's money is nice. Yeah, oh yeah, who doesn't like money? I actually uh, I I was so angry at one point at questionable content. I developed an entire webcomic series that is just an angry parody of <laughs> questionable content. I was like, "Well, we got to put the we got to we got to name it." It's because of course, you got to come up with the name first because that's how you kill creativity. And uh so we came up with a name that was just so generic and obnoxious and fit on a bumper sticker and was a perfect and then you know, oh, and what are the characters and blah 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 blah, blah. and just it, it, within a half hour we had 20 strips written, and I'm like, all right, throw this away.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, well, it, it, you know, spite can be good sometimes, and you know, it's good to fuel the creative process, but maybe you shouldn't do it.
0: Oh, I got. I, let me tell you something. I wrote, this is this is too fanfictiony, but like, we uh in college we were in a, we we got into a you know, um, like a Mobius strip of a conversation about. Why star why the new prequels are bad. And I was like Sounds like my kind of thing. And I was like, they're so bad. I could you if you give me a week, I could write a better script. And then they're like, go for it. So I wrote this script for like an alternate phantom menace. Mm
1: -hmm. And I'm like, here you
0: go. And they're like, you were right, this is better than what we got. And I'm like, Great, delete it, because I don't want to ever submit this anywhere. Look back at this at any time. I don't want to ever be like, yeah, I wrote an alternate script for Star Wars. For-
1: my spite-fueled Phantom Menace alternate take, which is hilarious because that guy has that show now. Uh, if I wrote it or if I did it differently, yes. which is actually just him sitting down in front of a camera telling how he'd do it differently, mm-hmm. and it's actually got pretty big. Yeah,
0: yeah. We've almo- we almost have a show like that on this channel. I'll, uh, we'll talk about it in the future. Hmm. So, yeah, uh, I guess we can wrap up from here, because, like, unless there's any other, like, honorable mentions you want to throw out there.
1: That's that's just about it. Like, honestly, this is one of the few shows I've had to actually do some research for. I know, for. I'm sorry
0: I had to make you do stuff, but, like... That's I mean, okay. Like, hopefully I broadened your horizons a little you, bit.
1: You did, you know, and obviously I hope, you know, some of the people out there, I hope they heard of some good ones that they're going to want to check out. Absolutely. And obviously I'm sure in the comment section they're going to talk about ones they like. Like, some people mentioned VG Cats, Oh. Which I know of VG Cats because, of course, I know the Assassin's Creed one where they're screwing around with the wrist gauntlet and then he hits himself in the face. Yes,
0: I, I know the creator of VG Cats. We're in a VG Cat from like back when we were in college. No, yeah. um, we did a comic for Horseman and they lo- and he loved it so much. He's like, okay, we're gonna put you in there. Um, nice. But uh, VG Cats, there's another one that I, that just ended about a year ago that I sh- that I need to mention called Girls with Slingshots which is uh, made by a, a cartoonist named Danielle Corsetto. And she's an incredible artist. She's uh, really insightful and thought-provoking. And her comic strip is just about two girls making their way in the world, and it's really, really cool. Um, I would definitely recommend checking it out. The whole damn archive is out. And actually, right now, uh, she's recoloring all of the strips, like all 10 years' worth of or 13 years' worth of that comic. So like, if you jump on board, you're getting just newly colored versions of what I'm, came already.
1: I'm I'm looking at it right now, and it it does look really nice. It is again that classic comic strip kind of style. Oh, it's a
0: webcomic formula. It's two girls on a couch, and they have a talking cactus. No.
1: Like,
0: and you're like, okay. But once you get through that, it doesn't. Like, it's it's about this. For me, it's funny because it was also really frustrating because the main character Hazel is. So incredibly self-destructive and selfish, and it's fascinating to read a com to read a story in any way about a about someone who is so who who wants to do good but is incredibly self-destructive and like insular. <laughs> so, Those are
1: some of my favorite stories, actually, about the self-destructive hero.
0: Yeah, she doesn't like raise her life, but she does, but she. She never gets quite what she wants, and it's all her own fault. Like it's all huh. throughout her own designs, um, which is kind of fascinating. Uh, yeah. And Corsetto is just a great, also nice, also a great person and a really terrific artist. Uh, you know, she also did. She used to do a strip for the National Enquirer about that oh, boy. No, really? Oh wow! Yeah. Um, so you know uh, that I would recommend. Um, oh, uh, Perry Bible Fellowship is another mm. comic that is. it is transcendentally hilarious
1: i did read a little of that yes
0: uh, and it's because each comic is completely it's like they just throw it all away and start over it's like it's like the far side if gary larson were like a lunatic
1: (laughs) ah so that nice bit of like cartoonish anarchy
0: yes uh similarly i would also recommend um shit what was the other one Oh, I also like Chainsaw Suit. Uh, Chainsaw Suit I read a little is, of that,
1: too, when you recommended it's it. It's
0: disposable media. It's very funny. Uh, it's funnier when the creator, Chris Straub, is angry. <laughs>
1: as is often the case with comedy.
0: Yep. Uh, the one that I always remember that's always funny to me is... Because he always draws... Everyone is drawn as, like, a a little a little more elaborate stick figure. Yeah. And uh, there's one where it's, like, the character... There's, there's a stand-up comedian... And he says, white people eat like this. Um, nom, nom, nom. And black people eat like this. Um, nom, nom, nom. And the last panel is just him sitting on a pile of money. <laughs> and it's just so angry. And I thought that was so funny. And it, I was like, I was hooked from then on out. Um, but yeah, Chainsaw Suit. Chris Straub does another comic called uh, Brood Hollow that he's very, very proud of. I don't know if I'm hooked yet, but he's been doing it for a few years, so. Maybe one day I will be. Uh, he also, by the way, Chainsaw Suit has a YouTube channel. Oh, wow. That uh, only has 6,000 subscribers. They make really good stuff. I've been trying to do collaborations with them for the last couple of years, but so far have been uh, have not been able to to make anything catch. Uh, but hopefully, through the strength of this show and through our audience, maybe we can get something going. You'll um, get but...
1: the World exchange bump. It'll be like the Colbert bump.
0: I would love to have an World exchange bump. Uh let me tell you, man, they do a show called Movies with Mikey, and it's spectacular. It's I got to check that out now. Show. Definitely watch it. If you guys haven't seen it, watch the newest episode of Movies with Mikey and give it a bump and tell them that we sent you there. It's because <laughs> because we want to do stuff with those guys, and I don't know what else to do about it. I've...
1: <laughs> those fine upstanding gentlemen, Joel and Sal of the newly named Elseworld Exchange. Yeah,
0: tell them Comic <laughs> Pop said please, because damn. Uh, but yeah, web comics, man. Uh, I feel like there's a there are many parallels you can draw between the world of webcomicking and the world of YouTubing, yeah. and it just so happens that because we both, uh, you know, spout daily about comic books and comics in general that uh, you know, I feel like it was a particularly relevant subject and I think it is. We, I don't think we've seen the, we've quite seen, seen the last of this subject because I feel like we've only just scratched the surface because I know the people in our comments are going to come up with a thousand a more suggestions. A hundred ones. Um, and that's
1: the beautiful thing about webcomics. Everyone is someone's favorite and because there's so many different people out there there's something that speaks to them that might not speak to everyone else and there's something beautiful about that. that
0: that's what's so spectacular is that with the, uh, Bill Watterson once talked, Bill Watterson the creator of Calvin Hobbes once uh, was asked about web comics, and his suggestion—he suggested that uh, he's sure, like I'm paraphrasing, but his quote was basically, "I'm sure there are a few greats, but thanks to the internet, they're it, it, they're probably lost in a sea of mediocrity." <laughs> and while you could look at that cynically and say that, another alternative m- might be that there is literally a Garfield for every. Like, demographic, you could possibly yeah. imagine. Yeah. It's like what we were talking about how, like, advertising is dead. Like, yeah. advertising's dead because there is no cultural unifier when you have the internet. Because true. Could, you could live in a complete cultural vacuum and never know anything about anything. A lot of
1: people do, in fact.
0: Uh, it's true. And you, you, like, so if you see a billboard or, or a TV commercial who the hell is that for because everyone has been splintered off into a thousand different like critical interests and 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 factions so there's no real way to traditionally market anything and as such like there is a way for people to succeed in creating mass media or specific media for those splinters oh yeah and, you
1: know talking to you about uh waterson's uh comment about web comics that's still way nicer than people like howard stern say about uh, about podcasting basically about what we're doing right now oh yeah
0: well howard stern has no idea and the fact is if he was born in 1997 Today he would have a very unpopular podcast.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say him and Robin would be the biggest podcasters on the internet. You know, I, I
0: think he'd be too late. I think he would I, I, like, yeah, maybe. I mean, like the fact is there's, there's nothing edgy about that man in today's world. It's true. Like what does he bring to the table? But experience so, Great experience. You know, oh yeah. And I I, I don't discount the, the the contributions of the Stern Show, but like, you know, you're don't just dismiss new media out of hand because you don't because you're old. It. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're betraying your age, and I don't mean like to have a midlife crisis and be like, oh no, I'm into those YouTubes. Who doesn't love the PewDiePies? Yeah. And my, really. And my and my balding ponytail and my vet. <laughs> so yeah um well there you go everybody this was our conversation about webcomics. we did not get into korean webcomics aztec gold uh we're <laughs> north americans and as such yeah, we kind of... link,
1: link us to some good korean yeah, let us comics. know um,
0: also, there's a whole
1: world there we don't know of korean webcomics. yes
0: yeah. also danielle mentioned the last halloween which is a spectacular comic made by uh, abby and uh there's a book called skull kickers which i think was oh, made yes. by zeb wells uh yes no, no I do uh, know. uh uh crap who did skull kickers
1: uh, it's someone we know.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it's Wayward. It's the guy who did, uh, Oh, uh... Jim Zub.
1: Uh, Jim Zub, yeah. Yes. Good, good old Jim Zub.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, definitely, you know, let us know in the comment section down below, what's your favorite webcomic and why? And we'd love to talk about it and bring, t- continue the conversation in the chat. Of uh, course. In addition to that, of course, if you want to check out a webcomic that I did, you could go to flightofthebinturong.com, because it's still going. It just ended. So you can read the whole thing, all 89 pages right now and, this was uh,
1: the impetus for doing this show right so you could have a reason
0: strip. no the strip ended so i don't have to pimp that at all at all i am trying <laughs> to get it picked up though so we'll see what happens there you go but uh yeah thank you joel for for doing some some uh, some background checks on uh, on this subject and joining in the conversation i think it's a, I think this went well i think this was a fun show
1: I thought it was a fun show too. Always, always happy to learn. Always happy to do new stuff. This is definitely me uh, venturing into unfamiliar waters, which is fun.
0: Yeah, it's true. It's true. And hopefully, some of the people in the comments and in the chat will also uh, venture into uncharted waters and find something really new and exciting.
1: Yeah, check uh, out some of the books we told you about.
0: Yeah, and what? Uh, let's see. We have a we have we have a whole list of new topics that are coming up for next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure what we're gonna do yet, but we Joel and I will decide that off camera, and we'll. <laughs> but we'll, we'll
1: throw a dart at a board and exactly because it,
0: it really is just like this is by the way if you're ever interested in the process of how we pick books for back issues it's very similar where i'm like they're like the guys show up and i'm like oh hey guys like what are we doing i'm like this <laughs>
1: really i assumed you had a list and a process and everything. i have a
0: list it's just
1: <laughs> you know
0: well sometimes i don't feel like talking about it like i'll be like we're doing this book and then i'll be like ugh.
1: I, I right. assumed you just put a blindfold on and they spun you around a bunch of times and then you just picked one out at random.
0: Yeah, no. <laughs> no, it's more like I think I, I, I have an idea in my head for like a week and then I either do it or completely change it. <laughs> But, uh, yeah. Hey, if you want to uh, just find some more great YouTube comment, you can always subscribe to Kate Joel, which is located in the description box below this video as well. Please do. Uh, and if you, hey, if you want to make this uh, this this machine of ours run a little smoother, help get some lubricant on those gears, you can go to patreon.com slash comic pop and help us make this whole operation a whole lot better. Uh, we've already increased a lot of our, of, of our uh, equipment as a result of the Patreon, and of course through ad revenue as well, and hope Hopefully we can only make things better and brighter from here. Uh, the next step I'm hoping is to get studio space and pay people.
1: Yeah. You should make a stretch goal. The, the pay Joel stretch goal for right. his time every week is what yeah. you should do. Cause Joel needs another paycheck from another comic. Uh, YouTube.
0: <laughs> it's true. I cannot afford that, but we'll see what happens in the future. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for watching and we'll see you guys next week on the, uh, the Elseworlds exchange. We have a name now. Yeah. <laughs>
1: later.